0: So, hello and welcome to part two of our economic podcast titled A Reflection on 2020 and a Look at the Year Ahead. Joining me in studio again are our president and founder, Anthony Ferguson, Michelle White, investments manager, and Angelo Butler, senior analyst. And I'm Pamela Ferguson, vice president of investment here at CFAL. So let's just get right into it. The acting financial secretary said last month that he foresees no challenges over the government's meeting almost $1.5 billion in debt principal repayment coming due within the next 12 months. He also confirmed that substantial borrowing Will need to continue over the medium term despite the government's fiscal strategy, which involves 200 million in expenditure cuts and new projected streams of revenue. So, tell me, panelists, is the Bahamas in the midst of a debt crisis? And if yes, what can we do to reverse this course?
1: I don't think we're quite in a debt crisis yet, but we are on the precipice of it. I think that we are at an inflection point in our economy, and any wrong move can send us far off in um, the wrong direction. We have had um, the twin crisis of Hurricane Dorian and the COVID-19 pandemic, which is a lot for even the most developed nation to deal with. But I think that we have to find a way to, um, like we said in part one, like to reduce um, our spending and spend on productive projects, we continue to borrow and borrow and borrow, and that is not sustainable um, in the long term.
2: Well, I mean, debt is not a problem in and of itself, as I think Michelle mentioned in the previous podcast. If the debt is productive, our problem is our debt by and large is non productive, and if we continue to have non productive debt then we will have a problem sooner rather than later. So as an example, um, and we will probably get into this later, um, we continue to see these GDP numbers and everyone is saying, oh, well, you know, debt to GDP is 65%, debt to GDP is 70%. You know, And um, <clears throat> my argument to that is uh, GDP is an economic concoction that was really used to compare countries. In the Bahamas, I think GDP is insignificant from my perspective. So, by the end of 2021, it's projected that our debt could be closer to 11 billion. With an average interest payment, uh, we are probably gonna have interest costs of close to 600 million. Our total revenues is about 2.3, 2.4 billion. I'm not sure what the projection is for this year. Um, but I think it will be um, um, not more than that. And so our interest payment alone is going to be in the order of 30% of our total revenue. The implication here is that um, we need to address it, even though it's not at hand, but it has implications for providing education, for providing uh, healthcare for providing uh, defense, and so I think you know uh, we're closer to a debt crisis than we believe and think, unless the government has the capacity to grow the economy by between three to five percent over the next five years.
3: And I think that's that's important to um, focus on. Um, you know, in the past few years, the debt, um, the GDP figure has been revised several times. Um, you know, and so. You know, it's been revised upwards um, now to somewhere around 13 billion or so. Whereas in, you know, prior to this revision, it was about 10 billion or so. Um, But like Mr. Ferguson said, at the end of the day, you know, that means nothing. I think your capacity to service your debt um, is important. If, you know, what's more important is how much of every dollar that you receive goes towards debt. And if we're at 25, 30%, that's money that's being sucked away from education. Healthcare, defense and so you know at this rate it's just going to continue to go up unless you know you increase taxes which you know is also a difficult decision and so um you know i think we should focus on the government's coverage ratios you know how easily are they covering the interest and principal repayments um whether they'll continue to have this level of comfort whether it's deteriorating or not um you know, and focus on that more so than the GDP, which, you know, is more so easily manipul- manipulated.
0: So how do we reverse this course? So we we we're saying that we may not be there, but we are headed there. And we've been saying this for a long time. How do we reverse this course of the debt or nearing the debt crisis?
1: I think that as you mentioned, um, how we revise the GDP numbers, I think that there's sort of maybe a denial of where our actual position is, so we don't know where we stand right now, and I think that we always say, um, they're kicking the can down the road, like they're not paying attention to these issues that are at the forefront, but I think sometimes they just lock it away and they't don't, they don't look at it in the hopes that it goes away but I think that we need to be honest with ourselves. Um, we need to start. Um, there's no reason why we should just be getting um, GDP numbers, and you have to go. It's so hard to like find like a GDP number. Like you have to go digging for it. Like why can't we have it like quarterly reports on unemployment just to see where we are at and what we need to be doing to get where we want to be? And there are no metrics for success. Like Mr. Ferguson said, they always tout the debt to GDP numbers, but you're not looking at the cost of living um, for your citizens. You're not looking at how much money um, they're making if they're going from um, to from lower class to middle class. So I think that we just, we ignore um, all of the issues around us, hoping that it will go away and the only way we can move forward if we're truthful with ourselves about the position that we're in now.
3: Yes, and I think, political will is something that's um needed and and i won't sit here and say it would be an easy decision for a politician to be up front and frank with um the citizens but i think we have to stop massaging things and making things seem um better than they are um unfortunately it's you know the situation we're faced with and i think we need um to come out front and say to persons you know this is it it's going to be a challenging time but let's All work together let's try to become more efficient let's try to reduce waste um you know let's try to ride this out to a time where there's um a better time i remember i believe it's the prime minister of saint lucia you know early on um probably at the end of the first wave of the pandemic he told his citizens you know hey we do not have any more money to fund these programs so if there's another outbreak of the virus and we have to shut down again. We do not have the funds to afford it. Um, you know, so he was up front and frank with them and but, you know, we seem to be, like the sheriff said, kicking the can down the road. We know there are decisions we need to make that are, will be difficult, um, but the political will doesn't seem to be there right now.
2: But well, I mean, again, right, um we have had a growth issue in the country for the last ten, fifteen years. Uh, we know, usually rise and fall with the economy of the U.S. because of tourism. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about diversification, but I don't believe um, there's any serious um, thought or consideration. So, for instance, even though today the the um, Minister of Agriculture is suggesting that we can reduce our imports by 200 million, it's such a farce because while he believes that, and I concur, and agree with him, when you look at last year's budget, the ministry got less than $5 million. So you can't be serious, right? And so, um, you know, it's one thing not to make the tough decisions to cut. It's another decision not to make the tough decisions to invest a little bit of money in an area that could further reduce our um, um, debt level, and, and increase our income. And again, again, I saw this morning the PM is talking about the Sovereign Wealth Fund. Now, while the Sovereign Wealth Fund is a great idea, and we at CFAL have been proposing this and recommending this for many years, um, it has to be constructed in such a way that political interference is at a minimum or completely out of it, and that it has to have a charter that really looks for the long-term benefit of, of the country.
3: I think... To the issue is, like you said, you know, the the question always comes up: Where do you cut from? But like you said, that's where the tough decision comes in. You have to, um, you know, move money from unproductive sources to productive sources because those productive sources, in the long run, will make up for the cut in the unproductive um, spending that you do.
2: But I mean, think about it, right? If we continue down this track, right? And again, everyone will tell you, oh, you know, we have enough. Foreign reserves. But we don't, right? You know, borrowing money to replenish reserve is like me borrowing money to pay my rent. At some point I have to pay the piper. And I think until we are then forced by the IMF and the alphabet soup international agencies who we seek funding from say to us that we have to devalue our currency, then it will really hit home to the Bahamian public who would match down a base street. And then perhaps then the politicians will, will, will have uh, the gumption to make some tough decisions.
0: So what are your thoughts on the government's policy response to Dorian and the pandemic today? And if you had the opportunity to do it differently, what would you do differently?
3: Um, I think the well, on the case of Dorian, you know, it's, it's a difficult situation. Um, uh, the level of lives lost, unfortunately, you know, we haven't planned or prepared to the point where we have adequate, um, hurricane structures for persons to evacuate to and stuff of that nature. So I think that is a difficult, um, situation in itself. And, you know, the response will never, no matter what you do, it will never be fast enough. Even looking at crises such as this in other regions of the world, you know, it, just seems that the government is not capable of getting what the people want or feel they deserve in a reasonable time. And so I think that's just a challenging situation. As it relates to the pandemic, I think, you know, a lot of the decisions were kind of made for them. They had to step in and provide the unemployment, um, you know, extension of, by them extending the emergency orders, they almost tied their hands in the sense of having to provide longer unemployment as they allow um, workers to remain furloughed um, for a longer period. And so I think um, in hindsight, of course, you can easily look back and say, oh, we should have done this, we should have done this. But, um, you know, I can't think of a lot of things I would have necessarily done different. Of course, there are one or two things you can pick out, but um, I think a lot of the decisions to the pandemic were kind of made for them.
2: But well, I mean, I would say that one thing I would say is, um, again, we see this repeatedly from administration to administration, is that... Um, Uh, We are too myopic when we have national disasters and we only call upon the people who support our administration to be in charge or manage the process. We don't have a bipartisan committee or group that oversees and and we don't try to, you know, inject the best and the brightest in terms of of using the skill sets that are available to help manage the process. Um, And as Andrew said, look, we're we're, we're in a tough place. Um, And, you know, a situation like Dorian, I don't think... Any government response for the persons who are hurting is going to be adequate and and enough. However, by now, um, one should have been able to see, you know, concrete rebuilding efforts with a with a, with a with a plan. Again, perhaps it's going on. I, I'm not aware of it. Um, um, but, again, we have an opportunity to rethink, you know, what it is we want in Abaco and Grand Bahama for that matter. Um, um, again, the problem with Grand Bahama, you know, you have the port there, so that's a whole nother story. But, you know, the fact of the matter is um, um, sometimes you... Cannot put a bandaid over a serious wound, and I think um, we need to stop doing that.
1: I agree with both um, Angelo and Mr. Ferguson. However, in my opinion, I know that we—it was a disaster like we've never seen before. No response would have been perfect. Not everybody would have gotten what they felt they deserved. But I just feel sometimes that the level of bureaucracy in this country and. Um, political partisanship just hinders us from getting where we need to be. If we think about Abaco was our third largest economy before Dorian, and the policy response was... So slow. If you think about what was all was lost with the opportunity cost that was lost because we didn't get right in there and we didn't plan properly. By this time, we should have we should have had um, a plan that says, okay, we're going to be up to 20 percent capacity. We're going to be up to 50 percent capacity. But we didn't have that. And some of the decisions that were made are quite puzzling, like, okay. um like they're just um building the school so you had students out of school for so long um they're building a community center over here they got those um temporary homes which is like okay you spend money thousands of dollars on this one temporary home but this person here they just need a couple thousand dollars to fix their roof so mm-hmm. it it was i guess they were probably um blindsided by it but i think that For a country that is in a hurricane zone and is susceptible to hurricanes, we could have had a better policy response. And even after um, the hurricane, there's no um, new policies that I know of that were put in place to say, "Okay, if this happens again, we will do one, two, three. This is how we will move forward. So I hope that I know the pandemic slowed Slow down everything, basically. But I hope that we can get Abaco and Grand Bahama to um, be running up and running and to continue to contribute to um, the GDP of the Bahamas. Because right now, NASA is just one small island. And, you know, if we get, God forbid, if we get um, hit by a natural disaster, what are we going to do?
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. On the social aspect, I I feel that the government did the best that they could have possibly done, but a lot of this is has to do with advanced planning. We are in a hurricane belt zone, and so what plans have been put in place prior to, what plans have been put in place after this disaster to help us along the way, should something like this or something close to this happen again, and what plans have been put in place for the development or the, the rezoning of Abaco as we move forward, and I think uh, that's where our challenges lie. We don't have a plan for the way forward and so we get these um, negative negative results. So where does education fit in the recovery plan? Does education even have a place in our recovery? I think it has a
1: huge place in our recovery. Um, I've read um, comments um, by local um, business persons who talk about We don't have a well enough educated populace um, to deal with the productivity that we need to grow this economy. Education has, it's huge. Health, um, education, national securities, those are basically the three pillars of any successful economy. And I think that we just have to, I don't know, maybe throw out the rule book and just go and start something new and see what works. Because right now what we have isn't working Despite um, comments, um, otherwise, I think that the recent um, national exam results were terrible. I mean, I know they were done um, in the middle of the pandemic, but year after year, we get these bad results. And What are we doing wrong? I think that we have to um, reevaluate our system. We spend a lot of money on education year after year, and we don't see the results, I
2: don't think. Well, I mean, they say education is a great equalizer, and I think I could say categorically i'm a product of that. Um, 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 and so um, education, as you said, is extremely important uh, in, in the advancements of any society. I think the way the educational system is 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 set up again, I'm not an educator, so i 'm going to probably get in trouble but I don't think we encourage creative thinking. I think, like the societies like Switzerland and Germany, where they have um, these uh, tracks. For vocational training, I think we need to introduce that at a lower level in the the, the school system. So you have an academic track and you have a vocational track and that will encourage young men in particular to get into the plumbing, electrical work, et cetera. You teach them the business skills. So services um, um, in terms of offering mandatory services, those are things that we need. We just need to change the educational system the way it's constructed. If you look at the money that is spent on education by the government. When you compare it to what kids pay in private school, there's not much difference. The challenge is the government spends too much of its education budget on administrative um, costs, which um, should, you know, uh, does not allow the monies to actually reach the, the students. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, um, um, getting a, a, a good education, whether that's by having teachers' aid in these 30, 40, 50 um, classroom size, um, whether it's um, providing um, um, incentives to schools that has or meet or exceed certain academic thresholds. So I think education is extremely important uh, to the way forward for the Bahamas.
3: And I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, I think the initiative to improve the um, adoption rate of early education by the government was um, a good decision. And also the initiative to fund, um, fully fund, or, you know, some persons say it was already existing, but um, free tuition at the University of the Bahamas, as well as um, BTVI. And like Ms. Ferguson said, I think education is, you know, one of the, in my views, Um, ways to provide some level of equality. I think if you give everyone an access, everyone access, um, to a fair education, um, I think you have just overall a better society. I think, you know, educated persons make better decisions. Um, and you know, for some people will say college isn't for everyone, and I agree. Um, but being educated on the whole, I think makes a better society. You have better decision making. Um, and I think too, all of this at the end of the day comes back to less reliance and dependence um on the government. Um, you know, I share an interesting story. I had um when I was about maybe ten years ago or so I interviewed um for a job and one of the questions randomly asked, you know, if you had to fix crime, what would be, you know, the primary focus of your policy? And I said education. I said, you know, I think educated persons, for example, commit um less crimes. I think if you go to any, you know, prison or jailhouse and do a survey, I think you would find a very low percentage of, you know, college-educated candidates. And so I've always been a big proponent of, and, you know, that was 10 years ago I said that, and I still um, believe that today. I think education will, it, like you said, it's the equalizer. It will put everyone, of course, the playing field may never be even, but it gives you the best chance um, as a young person, I think.
0: Yeah, we sure do spend a lot of monies on um, education. It's over 350 and. 50 million or so, one of the top, in the top three in terms of uh, expenditure allocation representing about 2.5% of GDP. So we really have to find a way to utilize the money spent on education. The Prime Minister stated just yesterday that the government will fast track the implementation of a sovereign wealth fund. What are your thoughts on this?
3: Um, Well, you know this, of course, as we get into election season will be um, a buzzword. And of course, there's a group that's um, been pushing for a greater benefit for Bahamians um, as it relates to natural resources. And I think anyone can kind of, you know, get behind that cause. Um, I think we have to, you know, not play on the emotions of a sovereign wealth fund, um, be factual. Um, you know, the idea that, you know, overnight we'll all just become millionaires, I think does a disservice. Especially Put the uh,
2: 100000 a year <laughs> Income or check—it's out the window. It's not going to happen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so let, let, let's get rid of that right now. That—that—that's Roma. That nasty Roma.
3: I think it's a disservice to people, especially during a time of desperation and hope. You know, it's, it's a really challenging time, and so persons will gravitate to those things. But let's have a mature discussion on the natural resources. Um, be realistic about what level of royalties can flow into a sovereign wealth fund, because just having assets in there um, with no inflow. It's you know. It's almost just a holding company. Um, you look at the sovereign wealth funds around the world, the major ones that people play on. Most of them have a significant contribution of oil royalties going into those. And so, you know, will that be how ours will be done, or will it just be a holding company for assets?
2: But I mean, for me, I, I think again, you know, we here at Cifal have been talking about this for many years, so it's nothing new. Um, we're happy to see that at least it's being highlighted. Um, we believe a well-constructed wealth fund, at a minimum, could channel decision-making that is that are in the best interest of the Bahamian while um, um, contributing to reducing our debt and, 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 and ensuring that the, the, the kids of tomorrow um, um, have something um, that they can, can look back and, and, and receive.
0: Our final question Use your crystal ball if you may, and tell us what opportunities exist for the Bahamas, if any, on the other side of this pandemic.
1: I think that um, we were sort of i guess forced to um, fast track our reliance on technology to sort of digitize things and I would really like um the government of the Bahamas to you know have um just you know be able so I can be able to like pay for my driver 's license renewal online. I would like to see um more um digital tools available um, to the citizenry. I know that you have like countries um in Africa where they don't even use cash anymore. They just use their cell phones to pay for things. So I, I think that's something that I would like to see happen. Um, uh, greater efficiencies in government, greater um, reliance on technology. And I think that that would help us. Um, it will increase um, productivity. It will reduce costs. So that is something that I would like to see happen. I do not have a crystal ball, but, you know, I can dream.
3: Well, I I will borrow Mr. Ferguson's crystal ball. um, (laughs) But But um, I don't have one. (laughs) I I think, um, you know, we have to be real and accept the situation that we're in. Um, And we have to also be real and know that the future depends on us. Um, You know, for many of us, we believe that somehow all of us are just going to Go to America if you know things go better. But the reality is, you know, the Bahamas is going to be here. We are going to be here, and we're going to have to find ways to survive, develop, and thrive. And so, um, you know, for me, I think we can look at new industries. We know our um, situation as it relates to disasters. I think, like I said earlier, we can look into growing grass. Maybe that's something we can export. Um, expand into more forestry. Um, try to improve. Agriculture, as well as animal husbandry, um, stuff of that nature. You know, um, let's use those things. Um, focus on those, and you know, everything else we should be able to to manage.
2: Well, I mean, I, I guess um, uh, again, uh, let me just be upfront. I don't have a crystal ball. Uh, However, I would like to say this. Um, you know, when you run a business, you have to plan. You have to have a vision for the business. Uh, you mm-hmm. have to hire the right talent for it. Um, and then you have to execute. And sometimes your plan may not go as you envision, and you have to make changes. Um, We just need to decide what Bahamas 2030, 2050 will look like. And based on what we expect Bahamas 2030, 2050 to look like, we should then prioritize what we need to achieve those objectives and i would submit to you that one of those priorities will be education one of those priorities will be self-reliance i.e agriculture fisheries uh, husbandry those type of things that we could control to a large degree um, i think you know what people are not um, projecting for and i don't think are planning for is that i think after this pandemic the whole ecosystem of the chain uh, of um, overnight delivery, etc., will change, and so you're going to have um, U.S. not relying as much on China and Asian countries to manufacture their stuff, and vice versa. And so we need to use this this period of reflection. And try to come out of this with a long-term plan. And if you could say to persons, look, it's going to take us five years or seven years to get here, but this is the road that we're going to travel on, I think you can get buy-in from the population.
0: Yes, you know, our success lies with us, and I think Bahamians need to know that. And I think we need to learn to come together in a mature way and agree on certain things that are in the best interest of our future economic growth and stop relying on the outsiders to save us, the hoteliers to save us, the big uh, foreign direct investment projects to save us, and to know that we have it within us to save ourselves, if we can just r- rise above our differences and work together for the betterment of our country. So thank you very much, Anthony, Michelle, and Angelo, for a wonderful and enlightening discussion. It was really great to have the discussion on the bohemian economy in a language that all can understand. Thank you, audience, for listening. We at Cpal Trust, you are keeping safe and adhering to all of this COVID-19 safety protocols. Please do subscribe to the Cfile Talks podcast on Google or Apple for more thought-provoking and educational discussions on the bohemian economy. We encourage you also to visit our website at www.cfile.com and let us know what you want us to discuss next. Thank you and be blessed.